This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Oh, you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line. Shock flew up. Hey, tennis fans. It's time for This Week in Tennis. My name is Phil Nasons, and I am the host of this weekly radio show dedicated to the sport of professional tennis. And joining me on the line from Scotland, once again, is Craig Doyle. Craig, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. It's a little bit chilly here. Not quite as bad as over your way, but uh, things are good. Yeah, damn. It's cold here, dude. But it is what it is. And life is good. It, it You know, it's really weird, though. It's like one day it's minus 15 and a 25-mile-an-hour wind making it about minus 40. And then the next day you get about 10 inches of snow. And then the next day it's like 25 degrees. It's just crazy. Yesterday I was stranded at the Burger King, man. It was incredible. I can think of worse places to be stranded, to be honest, dude. But, uh... Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's uh, some crazy weather at the minute. Yeah, and I get free food from them, as you know. So life was like freaking good yesterday. I ate so much, I, I started to feel better. But, uh, you know, we had a lot of feedback from last week. All good, of course. And this week, everyone wants us to talk about Sergio Giorgi. For those of you folks who don't know who Sergio Giorgi is... He is the father and, I guess, the coach of Camilla Giorgi, who is the number 31 in the player or number 31 ranked player in the world from Italy. Female. Nice little player. Father, I'm jealous, man. He's got a head of hair, Craig. It's unbelievable. But uh, I'm freaking jealous. <laughs> you don't have to tell me about that head of hair thing, man. Uh, yeah, he's an interesting character, isn't he? And you're yeah. going to explain why. Well, of course, you know, he's not afraid to speak his mind. And, and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it isn't. And, and I know that there's a lot of rumors floating around and, well, it is what it is. But here's, here's what he had to say, Craig. Doping in tennis exists. Now, these are direct quotes. Some athletes have doctors who are able to cover them up. But it's easy to understand that it is there just looking at some WTA players' muscles or seeing the athletic capacity of some other players on the ATP tour. You see those things, and you do understand that there is something going on. Controls are worthless. I also believe that athletes should be left the chance to dope if they want. I would obviously never allow Camilla to do that, because doping can ruin your life, and there is a lot more in life beside tennis. The sport is just a metaphor for life. In life, there are those who cheat. It's like a jungle. And you have to be ready to defend yourself. Yikes. Now, of course, one of our dear friends, his zipper's going up and down still from the excitement. But, uh, I mean, what do you think? When you hear him speak, now, we're going to break all this down, obviously. What was your first reaction to all this? Well, you just read a lengthy paragraph, um, direct quote, as you said. And the first line that sticks out to me and probably every journalist in the world is, I also believe that athletes should be left the chance to dope if they want. 
Um, extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. Uh, the way he, he looks at fair play and sort of discards it. Um, feels that, you know, do what you want. Take dangerous substances, non-dangerous substances. Get an advantage how you can. And that's life. He, he seems to have this um, belief that anti-doping is pointless. Um, simply because there are ways around it. He, he's, it's almost uncontrolled. You, you can't imagine hearing this sort of thing in an official press conference. But, you know, a lot of these coaches, they don't need an official press conference. They can speak from behind the fence, so to speak, and uh, say what they want. It's staggering, if you ask me. <laughs> it's kind of cool, really. I also believe that athletes should be left a chance to dope if they want. Yeah, okay. I, you know what? That's fair enough. But here's the thing. The, right off the bat, he says doping in tennis exists now. You'd have to have your head in the sand to think that it doesn't because people get suspended for it. I mean, it happens. You know, how prevalent you think it is, though, is the funny thing. Now, I'm going to tell you what I would do. if I, I'm going to give you two ways of looking at this thing. Yeah, you tell me if I'm wrong. I'm probably giving ideas out there. I, I don't condone illegal things, but if I were to do it all over again, Craig, and I was one of those top 1% guys, I would hire a kid who is fresh out of college, who has a degree in biology and chemistry, and I would set him up with a beautiful life, and I'd have him make me the best stuff he could because they'd never catch me. And I would let him live, I would allow him to live a fantastic life or her and just keep me in, in my surplus. And I would never lose if I could prove that it works in the first place. Which is a big question if you can prove that it works in the first place. Exactly. That's the whole thing. No one's ever been able to prove that it works conclusively, that is. Have they? No, not, certainly not in tennis. I mean, in other sports, I, I guess I can see the benefits to, you know, cyclists. They they seem to have produced much quicker times on courses uh, in previous years where doping's been pretty much a high percentage of the, 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 the cyclists in the field have been doping, you know, that sort of thing. Um, six hours worth of increased cardio, uh, you know, that's, there's a lot of evidence points towards that. But in tennis, you know, it's not going to help you keep the ball in the court. You might be able to run around a few points more, but um, at the end of the day, it's all about keeping the ball in the court, hitting winners, playing your shots. I, I don't think there's too many substances going to help you with that side of things. Um, maybe you can hit harder, maybe, you know, but you still got to keep it in the court. As you say... It's uh, it's a difficult one. There's a lot of people with circumstantial evidence, but uh, nobody's proved anything 100% yet. No, they probably never will either, because who's going to be dumb enough to be a guinea pig for it? You'd have to have a human guinea pig to prove all these things. But still, if it did work, that's what I would do, Craig, really. I would just hire somebody and do it. Or the other side of the token, and, and you probably have a better chance of doing this, is to go to school and become a chemist and come up with something that works. And you can live like a king because these, somebody would pay you. I know I would. Wouldn't you? If you could, Because you would get away with it because, as, because Sergio Giorgi is an expert at this. He says controls are worthless. 
yeah, I mean, everyone would be doing it, wouldn't they? It wouldn't just be you and me. It it would be all the the, the top one hundred players because everyone would know which tricks to use to uh, circumvent the control measures. Sergio Giorgi already knows them, of course. But maybe we'd hire Sergio Giorgi. Maybe he knows the the right chemist. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm thinking too, because he seems to know an awful lot. But it, mostly what he knows is he's speculating, and of course, no one's able to prove it, so that's all you're doing is speculating. And of course, you know, when they're talking about females, one of the ones they're talking about is Sam Stoser. I think there's a picture floating around out there where she looks like she's has pretty developed arms. Okay? <laughs> but you are a photographer, Craig. Now, how easy is it... Or, or would you say, because you take pictures for, like, a living, is it possible that a body can set up in such a way and you take the perfect snapshot and it would look like, say, what we're talking about? Oh, absolutely. You know, you get the right angles. Um, you, you get nice and low on the shot. makes a person look a lot more physically imposing in the photo when you, you get the camera nice and low. Uh, you get it at the right angle on the side. You get the, the muscle definition as they're swinging the racket. Um, a lot of those muscles tensing up through the swing. And you, and you can get really, really ripped-looking arms. Anyone wants an example of that, you just need to go to my Flickr page. And there's a picture of Maria Kirilenko. And she's got arms that you would not believe. But trust me, I've taken the photo. It's on Flickr. You can see it. And Craig, now would you say that she is probably one of the least likely to use steroids because she does some modeling too, right? Right, yeah. Performance-enhancing drugs? Um, yeah, she, she was like um, a big model, uh, did a lot of stuff with Adidas, does a lot of external stuff outside the sportswear. Uh, she's one of those girls on the tour that's you know kind of pretty. They want to put her on the front of magazines. She's big news in Russia. Uh, she's big news outside of Russia. She was dead in a famous um, ice hockey player, I believe, at one point. So she's not someone who's going to be quick to throw away a career by making silly mistakes, I don't think. She's on the money trail, and she's no reason to jump off it. And so what you're saying is, as a photographer, and I'm, I'm just kind of le- I'm not. I hope I'm not leading the witness here, because I, I, I don't. I'm not Perry Mason or, or Matlock or anybody like that, but. You you were just at the right place, the right angle, the right time, and it looked like what you described. Yeah, I mean, it, it just happened to be the, the way she swung the racket, the, the power of the swing, um, everything, the angle where I was sitting at the time. You know, you just get that really, really ripped look to her arms, almost larger than life, one might say. But that's what things look like in the moment. It's certainly possible to take a photo like that. It's not uncommon to take a photo like that. So, you know, there's no real evidence in a still photo taking a, uh, a speed of one two thousandths of a second to prove that someone's overly ripped or not overly ripped. That's all for today. That was great. I always wanted to do that, Craig. I always wanted to, like, interrogate a witness. That was fun. But but honestly, this is what it could be. It could be it was a, that picture of Maria Kirilenko because I've seen it. That's like a perfect storm. That hardly ever happens like that, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's the same as you, you might see some photographers catching the ball perfectly on the strings and the strings bending back with the ball sort of seemingly in the strings. 
that's you know it's a one in a million shot you're not going to get one of those every time you go out and photograph a match in the same way you're not going to get one of these shots where you get all the muscles sort of tensed up and flexed at the same time yeah exactly it, it is what it is you know so let's uh stop calling sam stoser a juicer unless you can prove it and serena williams gets that a lot too and serena has some pretty good size arms but when you're hitting a double-handed backhand you know, she's gripping the racket, and that's how it can look at times. And it's it's a great thing. But does doping exist in tennis? I'm sure it is because they get caught. Maybe it's just the dumb ones, but they get caught. Are there people who do it and get away with it? Probably because that happens in life. People bend the rules in life. Why should tennis be any different? But for a witch hunt to talk about this, controls are worthless. Actually, they're not because they are a good deterrent for a lot of people who wouldn't even think about doing it because they don't want to get caught. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree there. And the sad fact is you're going to have people out there who are desperate to jump on the bandwagon of the witch hunt simply because they uh, want to be the one that points a finger and be first to say, I told you so. And that's, you know, another fact of life, unfortunately. It is what it is, but uh, and we're not picking on Sergio Giorgi because he has a right to believe what he wants, and, and maybe he's making excuses for the fact that his daughter isn't doing as well because maybe there are people who are doping. Who knows? We don't know, but I like this part. Now, let's unpack the rest of this, Craig. Are you ready? Hit me with it. I also believe that athletes should be left the chance to dope if they want. Huh. That's an interesting statement because no one's ever been able to prove conclusively that performance-enhancing drugs actually enhance your performance. Now, people like to speculate about Rafael Nadal a lot. That's fair enough. He's a big kid. I mean, you don't get that big by just playing tennis, and that's fair enough. Whatever he's doing seems to work. I don't know what it is, but whatever he's doing seems to work. And then there's the conspiracy theorists who believe that these extended absences are really the ATP or the ITF or whoever banning him but doing it silently so that they don't hurt the reputation of the game. And, and, and you know what? There are cases to be made for that, I'm sure. Andre, look at Andre Agassi. He, he tested positive for crystal meth, for goodness sakes, and he lied his way out of it. He admitted to doing it, so it's possible. But athletes should be left the chance to dope if they want now, he says he wouldn't allow his daughter to do it, but he doesn't give a rip if anybody else does it. That doesn't make sense, does it? Well, no, it's quite contradictory because if everyone's doping and as he suggests that you get an advantage from it, then why wouldn't he want his daughter to do it to be given her the chance to maximize the potential of success in her career? It seems rather odd, but um, I, I think he tries to justify that as he bumbles his way through the statement about tennis being a metaphor for life and doping ruining your life. And, um, you know, he, he, he tries to stumble something together, but uh, it, it's a very, very odd statement. But uh, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, Sergio Giorgi, expert in doping, the effects of doping, um, the success rate of doping, and the fact that doping ruins your life. So, you know, he's obviously... You know, maybe a PhD in this or something, or a doctor. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what kind of tennis background he has, to be honest with you. 
But I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> they, they, here's the thing, though. They compare him to uh, Stefano Capriati, who was quite uh, interesting in himself. But they, they say Sergio screams after every point, shouts, can't stand sitting all the time while watching his daughter play. And she hits the ball as hard as she can every time. It is what it is. But, you know, letting these athletes dope, there's a good case for that. You know, baseball, they talk about that. We've talked about that on my daily show many a time. And the honest truth is you can't really prove it does things. The stats were a lot higher when there was a thing called the steroid era. But it is what it is. I don't see how being extremely muscular is going to help anybody. The cardio part would help, I'm sure. Uh, he says you see the athletic capacity of some other players on the ATP tour. Now, I don't know who he's talking about, but if it's Novak Djokovic, what again, you know, if he's doing it, he's clever and he's getting away with it. But I don't see how it's, I don't see why you would want to complain about it, but then say it's okay to make it legal, but yet I wouldn't let my kid do it. I say it should be the way it is. It's illegal. What they know about, they test for, and they suspend you if they catch you, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the current system, I guess, is ever improving. It's switched from the, we know about this drug, we're going to test for it, to a system of the biological passport, which now allows them to monitor changes in, you know, whatever parts of your, your body. Um, chemistry that they're measuring over a long time so you know they, they keep testing updating the results and if they see any changes trends changing the body they they flag it up and, and that's the system as it is and it's it is what it is um it's not gonna get better overnight it's not gonna there's not a system there that allows them to quickly identify everyone who is or isn't cheating it, it's just a a case of having to, to go with what they've got, and uh, we have the best technology available, and we're going to use it, I guess. It is what it is. And here's the deal. I would. This is what I was told by, uh, I can't tell you who, but they would know. They say they're even freezing them for testing later on down the road so they can check to see what these guys were really doing, if they were doing anything, kind of how they caught Lance Armstrong. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Until then... Let's not use pictures to hang these young people. You know, there's a plausible explanation for these things. You know, and, and Craig's a professional photographer. He'll tell you. He's not saying that they're not doing it. He's saying that it's a possibility that you can't, you can get a picture like that and they're not doing it. It's just a perfect storm. It happens. Give that photographer a high five because he did a great job because <laughs> he caught a nice, it's an impossible shot to get. And when you get it, God bless you, but let's not hang these young people over pictures and hide in the bushes and call them names anonymously. Cool it. You know, these are young people. These are young kids, man. Leave them be. Anyhow, we have to move on. And speaking of young kids, Donald Young, USA, is he the next big thing? In American tennis, maybe. I would think so, yeah. It would have to be American tennis because they don't have anything to really to talk too much about other than the Bryan brothers. Yeah, well, for American tennis, he's, he's certainly come a long, long way in the last couple of years. I mean, for a while, 
Uh, there was even a spell where I think he turned up at 17 tournaments in a row or something crazy, and he, he, he lost like in the first round or second round. He, he just couldn't put together a string of matches. Um, he's certainly a, a young man who's on the up. He's still only, I think he's only 25, so he's... Um, there's promising things for him in the future. A lot of these young guys on the tour, we, we talk about these big names like Raonic and Dimitrov, and these guys are much younger than Donald Young, so I, I think there's still a, a market, shall we say, for Donald Young. But uh, he, he's obviously he's got a little bit of work to do. He's got to get himself up those rankings, got to prove himself. His uh, success is, a, and here's a term we do like to use on the show, small sample size. So let's let's give him a little bit of time. Uh, don't put the spotlight on him straight away, and uh, revisit his progress later in the year because there's an, an American Hardcore season coming up. There's another one later in the year. I think Donald's going to thrive in those events. That, that's where he's going to want to to play his best tennis. Uh, Indian Wells, Miami, then later in the year, Cincinnati, Canada, U.S. Open. Some of the satellite tournaments around there. Let's uh, cross our fingers and hope that Donald puts on the results and maybe he can uh, bring a little bit of spark back to men's tennis for the USA. Well, I think it's a little late to say put him in the spotlight because he's been there. You know, when he was coming up in the juniors, he was that next big thing, that can't miss kid. And he started out, he, they turned him pro too young, really. Pardon the pun, of course. But Honestly, you know, this is a good case study for going to college, why college matters. Um, he has done pretty well. He's in the finals of the Delray Beach Open, sponsored by the Venetian in Las Vegas, and it's still being played in Florida for whatever, because <laughs> it's a clay court event, and they don't have any clay courts in Vegas that I know of. He did make it. He's in the finals. He's playing Evo Karlovich later on today. We're taping this on Sunday at about one thirty, But, uh, and he'll probably get inside the top 50 this week, and that's a good result for him. This, these are good numbers for him. He's, like I said, he's been one of those guys people talked about for a long, long time. I, I have never seen him play in person, so I can't tell you. I was in Europe for so long, I didn't see him. But the one thing that I've noticed is that he gets going and then he sputters. And he gets going and then he sputters. And maybe this is the time he's been out there a long time, Craig. He's 25. He's been there a long time. And I think it's almost now or never. And luckily for him, he's ranked high enough where he's going to get these opportunities to play against the big boys. And hopefully he can build himself a career, the career that maybe not what people thought initially, but something that will make him feel better about himself. Because I know that there were a lot of expectations, some correct, some maybe – um, how do I put it, misapplied. And maybe this will make him feel better about what he accomplished on the tour and propel him into perhaps even the top 20 by the end of the year. And that would be a tremendous result. I don't expect any more from him. I never did. Yeah, no, I quite agree. Top 20 is a realistic aim for a lot of these players in the you know top 50, maybe top 70, top 100. Um, you put together a few, a few good weeks, give yourself something to build on, and you just look at the number of names in that top 50 who have been top 20 players, the top 100 who have been top 20 players at some point in the last 
five years. So it's it's always possible for Donald John to do that. But as you said, what's stopping him is perhaps what stops quite a few players having that success. And it's it's that thing where they just can't seem to get a run of results, a run of weeks where they, they have success at the bigger events, the, the big point scoring events. You know, that, that appearance in the second week at a Grand Slam would mean a lot to a Donald Young. It, say he got to the, the second week at Wimbledon, the second week at uh, the US Open, it would be huge for his career. It, it would give him something to build on, but it's, it's a big ask because a lot of players trying to do the same things. You're out there every week, especially someone like Donald. He's going to be playing quite a lot of smaller tournaments. He's going to be playing a lot of tennis in comparison to other players, maybe just ranked a little above him. You know, it, it's a long season. He, he's going to get run down at some point. I, I touched on earlier that he was struggling to win a match um, for almost half a season last year. Was it last year, maybe the year before. It's difficult, but... The aim's certainly there. He's got to push his way up. He's got to look at someone like John Isner, someone who maybe doesn't have a full suite of skills and see if he can replicate what Isner's doing, bring himself up there into the top 20, and we'll, we'll cross our fingers that he does do that. And he goes away thinking, you know, I gave that a good go. I maybe didn't maximize my potential, or perhaps I didn't meet all the expectations put in front of me. But I've been out there. I've done it. I proved it to myself that I can get up there in the top 20 and uh, I, I can be really happy with my career. I can go off and do something else feeling that I did my best. Well, you know what? One of the things that he lacks and one of the things that's necessary, I think you alluded to, he's not, he hasn't been very consistent with his results. If you want to be successful at anything, you have to be consistent. And, and he hasn't been. It isn't about tools. He's got more tools than anyone from what I've heard. And, uh, well, John McEnroe said he had the best hands next to himself, of course. As a lefty, he's got those things. What he doesn't have is the consistency. Hopefully, he can get it. He had some good wins. You know, the the match he won on Saturday against Bernie Tomac, it, it, that's a good win for him. That that's a really good win. Uh, okay, Tomac isn't doing everything, but the win against Dogopolov was a good win in the quarters. He's beaten up a couple people, and, and these are three set things too. Things that were usually holding him back, and he's gotten through these. These are good things, Craig. The The whole thing now is that he needs to take it to the next level and be consistent. He needs a full year of being consistent before people can really become a believer in what this kid can do. Maybe for himself, too. Maybe a year of consistent results like this. Now, I don't expect him to get to the uh, finals of every tournament he plays, but if he can finish off Evil Karlovich today and if he can, you know, be consistent for the entire year, maybe it'll give him that confidence to uh, really make a move in this profession he's chosen and or it's chosen him. Who knows which? But either way, you know, it's a great result. It's encouraging. And that's the key. And I hope that he's surrounded by people who can actually help him. You know, his parents are both teaching pros, but maybe they're not exactly or weren't exactly equipped to take him to the next level. Who knows what happened? Either way, it's very encouraging. I'm very happy to see it. And I hope that he continues for not only the game's sake, not only for the United States' sake, but for Donald Young's sake himself. Woo! Got her out of the way, Craig. Well done today. Yeah, difficult topic today. I was looking forward to that all week after you pitched it last week. 
So, uh, yeah, achievement. Well done. Well done. Yes, that's right. Patting ourselves on the back, we're also very good at too. And you know what? That's going to wrap it up for this week's This Week in Tennis. You can catch us every single day over at Max Sports Channels. You can also catch us on the 405 Media, the Talk Alternative. If you want to bring this radio show to your station, just hit us up. My email is phil at philnasonshow.com. For Craig Doyle, I'm Phil Nasons. You just listened to This Week in Tennis.